The following program comes to you from the MNL Studios. <laughs> it's almost Christmas time, everybody. And I can't wait. July, all the neighbors look at me like I'm crazy, but I, I got a feeling that I just Welcome in to the Mark and Linda podcast. It is the next to last show, and it is the first day of the Christmas season. Thinking, come on, Christmas. I don't know why you're taking so long, Christmas. Well, I've been waiting all year for you to get here, and I can't take Today we got comment. Well, how are we doing, Skeeter? We're doing good. Uh, we got comments with Skeeter. All the crap you've been saying, she's going to repeat it. Uh, on this day <laughs> in history, not a bad one. What year is it? You're challenged. Mm, shit. There's one in particular that's going to be tough. Uh, today we will kick off the Christmas season with the final ever dropping of the Yule Log. And it's a special edition. Got that for you. Uh, we'll continue giving you fond memories of this program, being that next week is our last one. Think you'll enjoy. Pulled a couple of good ones. So come on, Christmas. I don't know why you're taking so long, Christmas. Welcome into Brown Friday. Oh. It's named for a particularly good reason. Which Thanksgiving dish do you always avoid? Uh, we'll discuss this rather quickly because this is strange. There is weirdness in the world of Daryl Hall and John Oates. Travel tips from an expert, and you can find out exactly what your pet is thinking. And to be honest with you, I don't want to know. <laughs> Smiling faces on the boys and girls. Those of you wondering before you ask, this guy's name is Matthew West. He's a Christian artist, uh, but he, you know, typically loves Christmas, and his Christmas album is incredible. All right. Um, so uh, yesterday was uh, obviously Thanksgiving, and we had a very different Thanksgiving in that there's no kids, there's no grandkids, there's us. Yeah. So one of the first decisions we made, first time we've ever done this, we went meatless. Only because I don't like turkey. I say that. I eat the turkey sandwich at Jersey Mike's. It's fine. But turkey doesn't have taste. And I know what you say. Well, you're not eating the right kind of turkey prepared the right kind of way. Maybe. But the turkey that I've had is just dry and tasteless oh it's not me cooking it i've never cooked a turkey no one accused you of cooking a turkey. well you said it's just dry and tasteless and they're like oh, well of course linda cooked it now they all are they all are and i'm sure there's different ways that you know like carrie um who is a lenny's i don't know what he is 
He's a member uh, of the family. Uh, her brother-in-law. Who? What is he to me? Nothing. Really? Yeah. How can that be? I mean, he's just in-laws to us, I guess. Yeah, but there's no name for him? No. No. Well, this guy is a go-getter. From the moment he wakes up, he's doing something. So he deep fried the turkey yesterday. Word was it was incredible. I didn't have it, needless to say. So uh, usually on Thanksgiving, when the kids are here, I'll do a, a, a filet roast. Uh, but Linda doesn't care for it, so I just don't cook it. So, and then Linda was, so I said, look, I don't need meat. With all the sides, the dressing and the mashed potatoes and all the crap we do, I'm fine with no meat. And she was gonna go to Honey Baked and get like a slice of ham, because she likes ham. I don't. It's kind of gamey to me. Shut the fuck up. You're ruining all of our meats. I'm really not. I, this is me. Turkey I, is dry with no taste. Well, ham it is. is kind of gamey. Well, it is. Mm. And so we went meatless, didn't miss it. No. We had uh, dressing. And of course, the dressing in our house, <laughs> because Linda, this has always been, you know, when Linda would cook Thanksgiving, it came out of a box. So the stuffing. Everything came out of boxes and jars and whatever. And here's the thing. One year I bought, I was at a deli and they had dressing. You know how they do. They they make their own dressing with all kinds of great stuff, you know, celery and onion and, and flavors. And I bought a container of it so that we could have that along with the Stouffer's. And my kids were not having it. They had to have that Stouffer's out of the box because that's what they're used to. It's called stovetop. Whatever it is. Stouffer's comes out of the bag. So we have that. We have macaroni and cheese, by the way, out of the box. Yeah, everything's out of the box. And and then your standard, usual, the mashed potatoes, the uh, English peas, because you, you rake up a fork full of mashed potatoes, you turn it over and dip it into the English peas, and you eat that. That's the way we go. So that's what we did. But the star of the show was... Pecan pie. Oh, my pie was excellent this year. I may not can cook, but I can bake. Well, she, well, first of all, you're cooking while simple. You do it well. <laughs> no, you do. And, uh, and so last night, you know, so we had, you know, the usual lunch. That was our Thanksgiving. It was just Linda and I. And, and we had our lunch, had our Thanksgiving, and then we were going to have leftovers and then have some pecan pie. As the day progressed, we just realized, fuck the leftovers. We're just going to eat pie. Pie and ice cream for dinner. That's what it was. It was awesome. I had a fourth of a, of a pecan pie with two giant scoops of vanilla ice cream. Linda didn't finish hers, and I was eyeing it. And she saw that, then she took it. <laughs> so I wouldn't eat it. She thinks I don't know that. I know that. I could not. Well, I was going to keep it, but I couldn't keep it because I had put ice cream on it and the ice cream had melted all in it. And so I just threw it out. Oh, threw it out. Hey, but after dinner, we went uh, after our lunch. We went on a boat ride. We did. I put on my scarf, my hat, my Uggs and off we went. Well, for those that don't live on the lake, um, one of the things that we lake people have to do is put the boat away, put your vehicles away, your water vehicles away for the winter. And so I knew I was gonna have to do it. We're only here for another week, so I had to get it done. And I'm thinking yesterday was the day, it was good weather. And putting the tarp on the boat is quite a thing. So we did, we took a little 
a little cruise around the cove. We didn't leave our cove. Uh, and it was a beautiful day. Yeah. Perfect for it. We didn't go fast. Yeah. Walker seems to enjoy the slower boat rides. Yes. And then we get back and I had to tarp it. Now, one of the chores that I had was to replace the tarp. Um, these, you can understand, these tarps, you cover your boat, your vehicle, and they sit out there in the snow and the rain and the wind and the sun, and you've got to replace them every two to three, four years. I haven't replaced this one in eight. Yeah. And, and the, one of my to-dos was to replace it. Now, the problem is that these tarps that fit your boat, they fit like a glove. So you have to order the exact right one and you don't want to screw it up because these things are not cheap. I didn't get it done. So yesterday when I covered the boat, um, when I was putting it on, it, it boy, it was put together with, with duct tape and, and you know, it, it's not great. <laughs> it, but my thing is if I can just protect the upholstery, because you know that to get the boat reupholstered, that's that's a big paycheck. But I got it done. My age knocked at my door because I was out there for two hours. Got a bad knee. I was climbing around on the boat upside down on my back on my belly. Not good. The name is Tylenol because it it was it was i have a bad right knee all of us that are older we've got something bad mine is my right knee and i made the mistake because i'm lazy every afternoon when i take walker for a walk i put on my knee brace i didn't put it on for the last three or four days because i'm wearing blue jeans it's chillier and i didn't want to take my pants off just to put on knee brace so i walked in without it i've been paying the price ever since I will be putting on the knee brace today because every afternoon after Walker's nap, he wakes up, jumps in my lap and stares at me until I take him for the walk. So there's there's just no time for knee brace, but there will be today. I will get it done. At any rate, we had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Yeah, and I hope everybody else did too. Fuck them. <laughs> um, which, by the way, one year... Uh, speaking of Thanksgiving, one year, this is a couple of years ago, and I've told this before, but it just makes me giggle every time. Uh, Matt and the kids were coming for Thanksgiving, and Matt demanded that I make a uh, pumpkin pie. I wasn't going to. Linda was going to make the pecan. That's the one I want. And I wouldn't get, Matt said, you got to make, you got to make a pumpkin pie. You have to. So I did. And Thanksgiving dinner came. Matt didn't touch it. <laughs> the pie sat there. So it's me. I said, so, Matt. You demanded pumpkin pie. You didn't touch it. He didn't say anything. That night, I came back upstairs, going to bed. Matt was sitting on the couch watching a Christmas movie, the entire pumpkin pie in his hand with a fork, and he was eating it right. He finished the entire pumpkin pie in one sitting. That says, Happy Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um. By the way, Dallas Cowboys yesterday, football, I can't, I can't stand them. America's team, my fucking ass. Yeah, really. Dallas, my team. Dallas was winning 45 to 10. They scored a touchdown and went for two. <laughs> what jackass. You're 45 points up and you go for two? <laughs> Seriously. I mean, look, I love Dak Prescott. He does great things off season, you know, for charity. And I love that. And he's a hell of a football player. I hate Jerry Jones. 
I fucking hate him. And I hate a team that calls themselves America's team. And they still do it. And you're not. Yeah. Okay. Just had to get that off my chest. Um, I wanted to... Uh, uh, oh, oh, oh. So, the other night, uh, Amy calls me. She calls me late. She knows I stay up. She calls me late because she's three hours behind. And she calls me because Milo is having a tooth coming in. He's a little cranky. So she calls me to entertain him. And so I'm on the FaceTime, on the phone. On the FaceTime. And so, we're, you know, I'm talking to Milo. He's sitting there eating or not eating. And Amy's there. And I was trying to get him to say peace. I put my fingers up, peace. I noticed on my phone that every time I said peace, balloons would float up on my phone like for a happy birthday you know the celebration every time i said the word peace balloons would fly and i thought that and i asked amy are you seeing this she goes yeah i wondered what that was so i started saying peace so the balloons would come and they stopped (laughs) so i was sitting there going yelling into the phone peace balloons trying to get him to go i did this for 60 seconds until i realized that milo was sitting there staring at me thinking I had lost my fucking mind. Now, all he'll say is peace balloons. (laughs) He was on his phone, on the phone with his grandmother. Yeah, Grandma Jay. And she was trying to get him to count. And she puts up her two fingers. How many is this? And Milo goes, peace balloons. (laughs) (laughs) When I was FaceTiming with them yesterday, um... I said, Milo, I just wanted to tell you, I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. And I know Grandma Jay's coming because he, he loves Grandma Jay just like he loves Mark. Um, and and Amy goes, tell Nana happy Thanksgiving. And Milo goes, happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> well, he went to the door for Halloween and said, knock, knock. Yeah. Stupid fucking kids. Jesus, what's going on? Um, I, I have a uh, an observation. By the way, this is not a recommendation. I'm not recommending you see this. Um, however, I was looking for a horror film. And, and by the way, I've been trying to watch Insidious, The Red Door. I'm trying to watch it. It's well made, well acted. I just, boy, it's just the same old thing. You know, you knock on the door and you're in the, the you know, the in hell where the, the souls are. I'm just bored with it. So I'm going to pass on. Anyway. <laughs> I see, I see this movie, uh, it's called X, X. And so I thought, well, let me try this. I don't know what it was about it that attracted me, but, but I, 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 I clicked on it. And this movie is not big budget, but it's not cheap. And it's a horror film. And so I start watching it, and it's basically a group of, of people, young adults, who are going to make a porn film on the cheap. They're gonna they're gonna cash in. This is set right before porn became a big thing. And so they were gonna do that. And they had rented a farm to go shoot the porn film in. I was about to say, was it in a cabin in the woods? And so they, they get to the farm and there's this old elderly couple that they have rented the farm from, but the couple lives there and they're really, really, really old. And, and you know something's a little odd with them, but you don't quite know what it is. So then it moves and they start shooting the porn. So you see titties and ass and all that. Oh, your kind of movie. Brittany Snow. Uh, I, yeah. I've, I've yeah. seen her name. She's in it. Um, here's the thing. Uh, I don't want to give anything away. I, I found this film to be 
oddly satisfying, almost kind of groundbreaking because I had never seen this done in the in a film. And I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I will tell you this. I've never cringed like I did watching parts of this movie. Oh, there was no blood, no gore in these parts. Nobody was killed. Nobody was murdered. But it is a new thing. It even has a name. And it's a new thing, I guess, in horror films. At any rate, I really enjoyed this movie. I found it to be unique and that I've never seen that before. And it's well produced. X. I'm not recommending it. I'm not. Because mm -hmm. you're going to get in there and you go, what the fuck was he seeing that I'm not? It's, I think maybe that it just, it struck me as quite good. So I'm just telling you, if you love horror films, then I, I would say watch this. X, it's available, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, we watched two documentaries. One we really enjoyed, and the other one we did not. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. We, that, fantastic. Yeah, we both really enjoyed that. And then the other one was Sliced Alone, which... I could have not have watched it and been fine. Yeah, it just, boy, Sly, I don't think he understood. Obviously, Sly was controlling it, and that's no good. Arnold's, while Arnold was involved, because uh, it was his story, he had to be, it was riveting, because Arnold allows people who do that to do it. He didn't try to control it. Sylvester, in my mind, clearly controlled it. And I don't really care as he's sitting there talking about characters that he developed and who they were based on and why he did this and why. I don't care. Tell something interesting like Arnold did. You talk about a life. This yeah. guy, he explains what drove him, what still drives him. And he there, here's the thing. Here's the thing, you know, because I told you, I, I'm working with some other people trying to get a documentary on radio, and I told them, because we've talked about, as a group of producers, we've talked about we can't just make a documentary filled with, with gloss and greatness and this is great and that's great. There has to be conflict. There has to be those problems, those deep worries, those things. You talk about Arnold didn't hide from anything. No. He faced and addressed every single thing. And you could see the pain on the guy when he was doing it. It is excellent it is excellent even if you don't like arnold you have to be impressed with this give it a try what is it called arnold i don't i don't know it's on netflix well so good and to, it's friday so we've got our last lessons in chemistry y'all y'all need to watch lessons in chemistry quite good brie on, uh, apple plus brie larson yeah we have <clears throat> thoroughly enjoyed that it is really really well, uh, well done brie is incredible all, yeah. all the actors are great. No, it's the production is it's 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 stellar. So don't miss. Yeah. Look, Bullwinkle, a message in a bottle. Fan mail from some flounder. No, this is what I really call a message. And now comments. We have Skeeter. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you to everyone because Mark, we are getting so many kind comments about our podcast, and I appreciate everybody taking the time. And writing their feelings down. Fuck all them. Cammy says, Mark and Linda, I first began listening to Mark and Brian in the mornings when I commuted to high school. Sometimes my commute was an hour and a half, and my sister and I almost looked forward to it because becoming a regular listening, 
Because becoming a regular listener means you develop a relationship with those voices on the radio. Our favorite time was 6 a.m. on Monday because everyone on the show would talk about their weekend. For Mark, that would be movie reviews and family stories. I was so happy and relieved to hear Mark describe and understand that relationship. It is a connection to a live human being, an emotional reaction when someone you know comes on the air. Mm. I had a long and almost deadly struggle with an eating disorder, and when I was in treatment, my family asked what they could send me. Mm. I said, send me recordings of the Mark and Brian show. This was before podcasts, so once a week, I would receive a box of cassette tapes that my family had recorded. Wow. Isn't that, oh, that's just, oh. It is. It meant so much to me. I knew that so many, I know that so many people have told Mark how his show's got them through a hard time, and it is the same for me. It wasn't just being able to smile or laugh. Some days I felt so hopeless that smiling was impossible. But putting in those tapes and hearing those live voices that I had come to care about made me feel like I wasn't alone. That life was still going on when I felt like my life was ending. That there was still joy in the world, and it really felt real in a way that only radio feels real. You will never fully know how many people needed your show and looked forward to it as a part of their lives. What's her name? Uh, Cammie. Cammie, I I can tell you, and I think you know this because I've talked about this. When I was told for the first time that uh, the show that that I was a part of was the only smile he got, and I've gotten that comment from other people, different people at different times, to know that this crap that I love doing can actually help somebody in a time that they need it was a game changer for me. I never realized that. I do it because I love it. I get joy from it myself. I didn't realize that when you go through a life struggle, you can find that as a source of joy. And comfort. And absolutely, and your words hit home with me, you know this. Um, and thank you very much for taking the time to, to write that down. You misspelled most of the words, Cammie. You did, you need, you did you not, need, Mark. You didn't even on. see the comment. I'm, I'm just no. guessing. I, no. you know, I think Cammie's probably an no. idiot no. and it can't spell. <laughs> uh, so, so hey, listen, seriously, uh, thank you for the kind words. Appreciate it. Cindy and Dana Point says, wow, there is too much to say about the show ending. I've loved every minute. Mark, I will be attending the Iron Bowl on purpose. Ugh. One of the things I enjoyed about your book is that you told stories that hadn't been repeated on M&B and your podcast, like the time you went to the Iron Bowl with a friend. <laughs> My son from out here in SoCal goes to Auburn and will be in Nashville for Turkey Day and then drive to Auburn for this annual spectacle, which I think you said got so drunk you passed out or left early. War Eagle and I'll miss you too. No, 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 no. He didn't pass out or leave early. That was when he had his beeper before cell phones because I was late. I was overdue with Matthew. What does my idiot husband do? He leaves the beeper in the car. It was the size of the car. Proceeds to get shit-faced drunk. I go into labor and can't get a hold of my husband. Hey, look, uh... It was a, <laughs> and then you got home and slept it off while I was up all night with labor pains. Good Lord. The beeper was just ridiculously huge. Um, I had a little too much to drink. Just I forgot, a little. I forgot who was playing. Uh, but, <laughs> and that his wife was pregnant. But listen, um, uh, the game, the Auburn-Alabama game, it's not going to go well if you're an Auburn fan. Uh, they're going to get their ass 
kicked. Yeah. So when, it, when but, is that? Tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Hours and long. you know it's going to be, oh, yes, it's going to be on one of the major channels because it's Alabama. Yeah, boy. It's Woo-wee. just, it's going to be a beatdown. Um, Dr. Bo says, great tribute to the one and, on, uh, one and only Norman Whitfield. Oh, God. So, oh, God. God, I mean, all that great Temptations music. This guy, you know, there you go. That's the point of Cool Stories. And next week, I will have probably the last Cool Stories ever during the last show. See, you keep saying ever, the final. Don't use those words. You never know. But where am I going to do it? I don't know. You and one of your guests may be dropping the Yule Log next year. I mean, we'll see, but I just don't think so. Okay. Um, Tony says, hey, Mark. I was right there with you. I thought that I I thought that it was a story about a menage a trois too. So disappointed that she was talking about you, Brian, and Linda. What are we talking about? The comment from Becky that was talking about the she was having a threesome with two guys and then Oh, 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 okay. And then Becky says, OMG, I was crying when Linda had to explain the story. <laughs> this is why I love your stupid ass mark. Becky, Mark wasn't the only one that fell for it. (laughs) I got a lot of comments on that. (laughs) And I'm just reading this because it's all about me. Maggie Postal Franklin. You remember Maggie? I do remember Maggie. That is a horror from way back. Yeah. I love Linda. A horror that delivers my mail. Yeah. I love Linda. Linda is the total package. If she knows anything about packages, Maggie would. I never thought there would be anything better than Mark and Brian, but Linda won my heart and soul. Mark and Linda helped me through my postal hell of injuries and surgeries plus mental breakdowns. She's got three more years to go. Mm. You gave me several 15 minutes of fame. You made me feel like I was special. My brother, Tom. Hey, Tom. Tom and I bonded over your podcast. Linda fucking rocks and made Mark the RG that he is today. Mm. I hope you have the best future ever. But I am going to fucking miss you. That's nice. Nice of you, Maggie. Thank you. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Don't write here again. <laughs> uh, Lori Cannon says, Hootie who, Mark and Linda. Stupid listener number 10 here. As I'm very sad that I will not be able to hear about your home improvement stories or hear about Walker and those beautiful grandbabies anymore, I am very excited for you all on your new chapter in life. So before you go, Mark, can you please share with us one last time the hair trimmer model you use, your meatball recipe, maybe a mashup of Kokomo, out of the pool, and any other clip that would work with it. And, oh, yeah, one more thing. I bought a hardcover of your book and the digital version. Can I get a refund? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Remind me, uh, because I've changed uh, 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 trimmers. I've yeah. changed. I have a new one. She was just joking, honey. Well, but I want to give it to him because oh. it's quite good. So remind me next week. You won't remind me. And then I'll have to leave the show and go up and get it. Um, nobody cares. Yeah, they do care. Oh, okay. They need to care. FJ says, Mark and Linda, so you're saying goodbye to the podcast. Well, may I just add a comment? Good riddance. Mark, I listened to the KLOS radio show from day one and was a faithful faithful listener only to be severely disappointed for over 25 years. And then you moved to Lake Norman and started your podcast with Linda. My disappointment grew. I never missed a single episode for 11 years. So listen to me very carefully. I'm going to give you guys one more try. Get it right, okay? 
Uh, Kathy Beck says, hey, Linda and Mark, I just love when Linda misses on what year is it and swears like crazy. It makes me laugh out loud. I am glad I got to help you through the years with different house problems, but I am most proud of giving you a giggle this year with bidet. Damn you, Kathy Beck. I hope Eleni gets one for Christmas. Your life will never be the same. You know, before I got this comment from Kathy, the other day, for some reason, oh, I found something that she sent us because she sent us so many wonderful things that I needed and used and some things I didn't know I needed and mm. I did. Mm. Um, so that was fun to get that. And Nurse Lisa. I mean, Nurse sure. Lisa would send us so much stuff and we are still using the gift cards that she would send us. Yeah, and even though we're not doing the show, Nurse Lisa, keep those things coming. <laughs> and you too, Kathy. <laughs> yeah, keep those coming. We sure appreciate that. But I just want to say thank you, and thank you to everybody that sent us stuff. Yeah. Um, William says, hey, Mark, suck my balls. Mm. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> suck my balls in. Mm, Jeffrey Harlow says, heard Mark and Brian on a Saturday or Sunday night in August of 1987 practicing before their initial oh, wow. broadcast on oh, klos wow been a fan since my wow. dad also was the pd at kgon when you guys did syndication there wow. i have never stopped listening since august of 87 best of luck with your grandkids both of you will be missed on this podcast i can tell you i wrote about that in the book but that what he's talking about was quite literally at my request, we were going to debut the next Tuesday after Labor Day. And on that Saturday night, I had requested a trial run. The only reason so that I could get used to the board. The board is the, 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 the thing where you control everything because I ran the board at that time. We went on at two in the morning and we did two hours. The board was really old and easy for me to get. So we kind of, and it's two in the morning, so we I don't think we played any music. We talked for two hours. And it wound up being this absolute bit, because whatever nerves we might have had, especially me, because this was my dream to make it to major market. And those that two hours was the very first time I spoke on a major market radio station. And Brian and I relaxed into it and we just started doing our thing and it couldn't have been better because it was a war, the, the nerves were gone. When Tuesday morning showed up at 6 a.m., we were fucking ready. We hit ground running and never stopped. Yeah. So very cool that you heard that. It was really good. Those, I mean, <laughs> if, you, if you do say so yourself. Those two hours, we were fucking rocking. <laughs> That's great. Um, Martin Lott says, I got that wrong just like Mark. All us guys are dumbasses, talking about the threesome. Um, I'm sorry I'm not like I used to be. I still have a problem from when I got hit in the head back in 2021. Mm. I always did like that song. I guess it was your your thing with Whitfield. Oh, right. It Papa was, was great. a Rolling Stone. I will miss you all so much. Love will always be there for you all. Thanks, Martin. And that's comments. Uh, before I go to uh, On This Day in History, I wanted to talk about this this very weird thing. It's everywhere, and people are responding to it because it's rather shocking. Daryl Hall mm. has sued John Oates, and it's undisclosed as to why. They haven't said why. What's shocking to me is the restraining order. There's a restraining order against John. 
meaning he can't come within 200 yards or 200, whatever it is, of Daryl. Now, that's weird. Yeah. And they haven't said why. It's sealed. So everything at this point is speculation. It's guessing. Now, I heard a clip. First of all, I heard a clip. Well, look, you know, I could go way down. Um, I think that Daryl can be difficult, Daryl Hall, and because we had Hall and Oates. By the way, I'm a fan of Daryl. I love his music. Um, we had Hall and Oates on the show many, many times. We had Daryl himself on the show many, many times. So as I said, he could be a little difficult. One of those shows, Daryl was late, and they were going to perform. And so we went ahead and started with John Oates. And about 10 minutes into it, Daryl Hall walks in. We're live on the air. And I said, oh, hey, Daryl, we started without you. He then said on the air, well, I bet you didn't get too far, did you? Which is kind of a dick thing to say, be honest with you. Um, but so Daryl has filed this restraining order. Uh, there's a lawsuit involved. And I find it uniquely odd. There was a clip of John Oates. This is from a week ago. And John was releasing a song. Now, the, the, the Hall and Oates tune, Man Eater, was initially written by John as a reggae tune. And he made a demo of it and he gave it to Daryl. And Daryl took it home and played it for his girlfriend, Sarah. She's the one from Sarah Smile. Oh, wow. Sarah. I never knew that. Yeah. And he played Maneater for, for Sarah. And he said, what do you think? And she said, well, get rid of that reggae thing. And all that crap in the middle on the hook, just cut all of that and just say, she's a Maneater. That's your hook. Daryl, that was it. They, and Maneater, their single most successful record they ever had. Two weeks ago, John Oates released the reggae version of Maneater. I think it's the original way that they did it, but he re-recorded it. And it was the original demo that he gave Daryl, and he released it. It could be that Daryl doesn't appreciate that. Hmm. Now, again, this is speculation. Right. I'm not basing this on anything, but I've got it. Okay. I'm going to share with you a little bit of this, and you you tell me what you think. Here we go.
Now, notice that he never once sang She's a Man-Eater. That was what Sarah added and what they wound up recording. But there it is. Mm, I'm not a fan. No, thank you. Yeah, not my thing. Thanks, but no thanks. But but I'm just saying that could be. Right now, it's conjecture. The thing is sealed. Nobody knows. But, you know, you guys tell me how much Mark and Brian went to, uh, meant to you. Uh, Hall and Oates, I love pop. And Hall and Oates are the kings of So it's it's unsettling. Maybe the restraining order is so that he can't talk about it. Is there such a thing as that? Well, that would be a gag order. Mm. So I don't know if that's in play, but it's, it's sealed, but it's the, it's the, uh, what what is it Uh, against John? Daryl, don't come near me. What is that? Restraining order? Restraining order. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. So... We'll see. Eventually, it'll all come out, and we'll find out exactly. But, you know, it's probably going to wind up being them going, oh, we're past that. We're, we're buddies again. We're, we're good. Mm. So we'll see. History. 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 That happened, and we all let it happen. It was this week back in 1976. What were you doing, Linda? This week in 76? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, Boston released... Oh, it's the day after Thanksgiving. I know I wasn't in school. Okay, good ad. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, it was on this week that Boston released More Than a Feeling. Uh, Boston guitarist and songwriter Tom Schultz calls More Than a Feeling one of those songs that didn't come together right away. He explains what he means. Took, I think it was about four years between the time that I had the verse and had the chorus and had them both together in one song the way I thought they ought to be. Never would have picked that song to be the first big Boston song or to be such a big hit as a single. On this day, 1972, that Elton John released the single biggest piece of shit to ever hit the air. Your favorite. Crocodile Rock, and it hit number one. Fuck this song. On this day, also, The Who released My Generation. Put us to Talking about my generation. Just because we get around. Talking about my generation. Please ain't do look awful. 
about before I get old. It was on this uh, this week, 1984, the E Street Band, Bruce Springsteen, released Born in the USA, the album. Uh, here, Stephen Van Sant tells us that there was a sea of change in the way that Bruce recorded by the time of the Born in the USA album. He believes you can actually hear it in a song like Cover Me. Cover Me, I remember we had a sound going at that point that started with the river. The river into Born in the USA, we finally had an environment that was productive first time. And I can't tell you what a relief that was. Coming in as a producer at that point, I just insisted that the process has got to be more fun. This is no way to live, you know? The process of Born to Run and Darkness was just no fun. And it was fun for the river in Born in the USA. Happy birthday. Goldie Hawn is 78. Goldie, when you were in school, did you have a tough time with questions? No, but the but the answers were murder. Hey! Promise me, baby, you won't let them find us. Hold me in your arms, let's let out of blindness. Cover me. Sadly, it was this week, 1997, NXS singer Michael Hutchins was found dead in an Australia hotel room. He had hung himself. I'll never understand that. All you got is this moment. 21st century's yesterday. It was this week, 1980. Mae West passes away at the age of 87. Well, when I'm good, I'm very good. But when I'm bad, I'm better. I've got to let you know. I've got to let you know. This week, 1986, Meatloaf releases Bad Outta Hell. It was certified quadruple platinum. It was this day, 1971, hijacker D.B. Cooper, get this, parachutes from a Northwest Airlines 727 over Washington State with $200,000 in cash that he had extorted. He was never found dead or alive. What about the money? They never found it. Huh. My guess is... He probably died jumping off the airplane. It's a 727. 
the 35,000 feet in the air. I don't think he had the proper shit. Now, as far as the money, I don't know. Yeah. But it was this week. It was also this week the Beatles began working on Strawberry Fields Forever. It took them a month to complete one song. Let me take you down Cause I'm going to Strawberry Fields Nothing is real And finally, it was this week, 1970, uh, Funk 49 was released basically by the James Gang, which was Joe Walsh. Uh, it contains a song that is undisputable. How it got the title of Funk 49, we may never know because it's Joe Walsh trying to explain it. We're dumb, stupid guys from Cleveland, and everybody thought we knew something. And we call it Funk 48 on your album, which was the first album. And the intellectual content of Funk 49 isn't your basic PhD thesis. And I said, what do we call this? I don't know. I don't even know it's a song, but we've recorded it. Well, Funk 49. And everybody wants to know the real deep meaning of stuff like that. This is your next to last attempt at this. You'll never again do on this day. No. Oh, my uh, God. What year is it? So there's a lot of pressure. I'll be honest with you. You're under pressure to get at least two. Okay. You feel strong? Uh, Yeah. No. Not at all. Well, you should. Come on, man. Join. Yeah, I do. All right, good. Here we go. Song said year. That's Kansas. Okay. No, it's Boston. Wait. <laughs> okay. It's Boston. Okay. I was kidding. All right. Because you can't tell the well, difference. Well, I was. Of... I thought, okay, it's Kansas. <laughs> That's Boston. <clears throat> it doesn't help you at all. I can tell by your face. No. Uh, movie. Well, what do you think of Clint Eastwood confiding his deepest, darkest secrets to an orangutan? It comes to sharing my feelings with a woman. My stomach just turns to royal gelatin. Every which way And headlines. And the celebration, Stanley in Washington. The world championship trophy to the Washington Bullets, the champions of the world. Okay, so you just did a thing about Boston. You said 1976 for um, more than a feeling. Yeah. Which has no correlation with this at all. Oh, well, what if it came off the same album? What if it did? So, 
I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all realize that at this point. My first thought was 1978. So I'll go with that. It is 1970. Eight. Yes. You're one for one. Yes, we're off to a good start. Here we go. Song said year. Well, you might think I'm delirious. The way I run you down. Movie. Crime. The city was full of it. Free TV. Police Academy. Headlines. It's morning again in America. And under the leadership of President Reagan, our country is prouder and stronger and better Mm. okay so with the cars i usually go just 1984 and most of the time i am correct 1984 it is 1980 four Two for two. All right, calm down. Two for two. Now you're going to throw some bullshit at me. Uh, I think you got a shot here. I'll okay. be honest, because that 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 was not the one I thought you'd get hung up on. You thought I was going to have a hard time with the Kansas one. Uh, well, it's Boston. Boston. I was joking, okay. yes. But yeah, I did. Okay. But you got it. Yeah. Which well. means you're going to for sure miss this. <laughs> Song. Oh, is just a little baby. I was going to tell you. I don't know who that is. Guns and Roses. Oh, it's bullshit. Guns and Roses is bullshit. <clears throat> I don't know why people were were gravitating oh, to it. We had they gave us some good songs. Fuck them. I Axl Rose. It. Oh my God. All right. Welcome the, to the jungle. Come on. Oh, well, that's a little catchy. I kind of like that. Look, I love Slash. I just sweet don't child know. of mine. Come on. I, I'm just not. It did. It doesn't hit with me. All right. So anyway, there you go. Guns okay. and Roses. That's your song. Okay. Movie. They shrunk the kids. What? And the Thompson kids, too. They're about this big. They're in the backyard. And headlines. The spill began at 12.04 a.m. on March 24th when the Exxon Valdez ran aground on Blythe Reef. All right, there's a ton of good clues there for you. Not really. No, there really is. No, no, there is. Well, okay, Guns N' Roses was a big hair band, and I usually, with those, just say 19... 87. Is that your answer? Yeah. See, so you, because you say, I usually, but you didn't say. Okay, 1987. It is 1989. Fuck. All we need is just a little So, um, <clears throat> hey. Two for three. Two for three. Very respectable. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure for you to go three for three next week. It won't. You watch. I won't get any of them right No, I, I think, well, that'd be funny. <laughs> Take one for the team. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> this being um, the next to last show, I wanted to share 
uh, memories, things. You know, when I first approached Linda about doing the podcast, what I wanted was to take that relationship that we had, that playfulness like at dinner when we're joking with each other and making each other laugh and being rude. And, and I wanted that on a podcast. And I approached her and she was terrified to do it. Um, but, but she did it. And so one of the things I tried to do early on was to get her, because I could tell that she was uptight. It's understandable. There's a lot of equipment and things and stuff, and all of a sudden she's thrown into this. So I wanted to just kind of knock her off her game. Do you remember the first show I didn't know how to put on my headphones? I don't remember that. And I never listened to myself through headphones. It was fucking terrifying, I'll just say. I understand. I got it. I got it, and all that's hysterical. So what I wanted to do was take her kind of out of that place of nervousness and bring her back into uh, relax, just relax. And so I would do things to surprise her. Now, this is early, early, early Merck and Linda. This is where we were doing commercials. So we would literally take a commercial break and I would read the live commercial or play the live commercial, and then we would get back into the show. And so on this clip, we took a commercial break, and I had recorded a little bit of a funny to try to get Linda out of that place of nervousness and get her giggling. All of yous, stay where you are. It is the Mark and Linda Podcast. So Linda has specific needs. I go on Amazon and I bought a three foot long dildo what? and had it delivered to the door and it was authenticated by John Holmes, signed to Linda with her name on it. She loves it. Oh, you are making And I'm ordering a bunch more dildos for Linda <laughs> from I'm Amazon. Kill, I'm going to kill you. Uh, Jordan, are you hearing this? I am. <laughs> What kind of reaction do you think Linda's going to have when she hears it? I think she'll, uh, she'll love it. You are a dead man. Well, I'm not kidding. It was like eight dildos that I ordered, and she loves them all at the same time, Jordan. And I bought them through Amazon. Yeah, she's going to kill me. It doesn't matter. Uh, it, look, whatever shopping you may have, maybe you have a woman that likes dildos too, like Linda does. Then oh go God. to Mark with a K, Linda with a Y dot US, and make your order for dildos there on Amazon. Thank you. 30 years married, three kids, two dogs, and a house on the sweetest lake in North Carolina. Now, back to the Mark and Linda podcast. When did y'all do that commercial? Yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> Uh, you were upstairs getting ready for whatever, and so I just kind of threw it out. I, th I wanted to make sure you heard it. Uh, what? N nothing. All right, so this is my all-time favorite. Uh, Katie had an idea. For, we had rejoins. This is, uh, you know, hey, this is Katie of Katie's Corner. Now back to the Mark and Linda podcast. Rejo a rejoin. And Katie had a funny, and I loved it. And so we recorded it, and the the entire reason was just like that one to get Linda's reaction. I don't know because Linda just didn't expect it. She was used to hearing the hi, this is Yada, this is Amy, and now back to Margaret Lynn. And all and and so uh, I had this that Katie had recorded. I couldn't wait to hear Linda's reaction, 
and it was better than even I had thought it would be. Hi, this is Katie from Katie's Corner. My mom loves to be titty fucked. Oh now, my God! Back to the Mark and Linda podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. Oh my god. Linda heard it, then covered her mouth because she heard herself say it. (laughs) Skeeter, how you doing? I thought that only screamed out in my head. I didn't know I screamed out loud. I'm sitting here thinking, oh, there's Katie. She left today. I love her. And then. Well, Katie asked me last night, she goes, when are you going to use those? Because if you're going to use them tomorrow, I want to listen to the podcast. So, Katie. You got the reaction you were oh hoping for. <laughs> so see, it's hard to be nervous in the middle of shit oh like that. Oh, God. Yeah, you're right, because you never know what the fuck is going to happen. Katie also does this uh, thing when she visits here. She'll spend the week. She takes post-it notes, and she writes these vile things to her mother. And I keep them all. And she puts them inside like cabinets where only Linda will see them. So Katie likes to play around. Yeah. All right. So, um, you know, it is Christmas. And I wanted this to be the first gift of Christmas. And so somebody had uh, had given us the idea of taking the dropping of the Yule log and inserting Amy's out of the pool. Dawn suggested that. Dawn? Dawn. D-A-W-N. Yes. Okay. It's a fantastic idea dawn and and i i think that it's you know obviously with with amy's thing i can tell this first and i'm gonna tell you another story uh but uh, with amy and i i know i've mentioned this but when amy came to visit this past year everybody came and amy worked it out to where her dog ludo could come ludo is just like walker he is a golden doodle but ludo is full grown he's 45 pounds big dog uh, they get here, here for the week. Ludo lost his fucking mind because he's a he's a dog. He loves to swim. And Ludo has access to his own swimming pool. And at the drop of a hat, he would get in the pool knowing he was going to get yelled at. But he did it and loved it. And I loved it more than he did because every time he got in, I heard Amy yelling. Well, I'll just play it for you. Now, I laughed at that the entire week. That's all I heard was Amy yelling at Ludo out of the pool. And I thought, well, that was just entertainment for me for that week. I'll never get to hear it again. Then uh, Amy sent me photographs of the kids during that week. And I noticed I was looking at pictures of Onyx. And I noticed one of them was live. When you touch it, it plays. And I really wanted to see, she had come off the slide, I wanted to see Onyx dance, because she dances at the drop of a hat. So I pushed on it, and at the end of that, I heard, and so we have now played that and had more fun with it. And that was Dawn's idea, was to take that and stick it into dropping of the Yule log. Now, um, I, I wanted to share where that came from, because this probably will be, it may not, but it probably will be the last time I'll play it. And what a great way for it to be celebrated and go out than to have a duet of dropping the Yule log with Amy's out of the pool. 
when uh, when I became when I stopped being a disc jockey and I became a radio personality, I would spend every waking moment looking for thinking of things I could do on the air. I was constantly searching for stuff that would be good on the radio. Linda and I went to, and I'm going to say something that you hadn't heard in a while. We went to Kmart. Mm, Wow. Kmart was the target back in the day, just a cheaper version of it. So we go in. This is, we're in Montgomery. This is 83. So we go in, and I have always been a sucker for a bargain table. Doesn't matter what. It's on sale, and I want to see what's in there. Now, I am attracted deeply to two different categories, DVDs that are on sale on the, on the bargain table and albums. Because I always wonder, there may be some gold in there. Because there's what, several hundred albums there? It could be some gold. So we're in Target. Linda's shopping. Kmart. I go, yeah, Kmart. I go to that bargain table and I start flipping through all the albums. And I run across one that says, Walt Disney's Sounds of Christmas. It's a dollar. And I'm thinking, well, what could be on there? There could be something good. So I bought it, paid the dollar. Pretty sure Linda bitched about it. Why are you buying that? That's a wasted dollar. We don't have any money. And you've barely got a job. But we bought it. So I go home and I put it on. This is when I had a functioning turntable. Side one was just the sounds. Sound effects of Christmas. The burning fire, the snow, whatever it is. And then side two was Christmas scenarios, stories being told where they use the sound effects. And on it, I was listening to the dropping of the Yule log and I'm sitting there and it's stupid. And at the end, I heard that when he brought the Yule log in and put it in the grate and I'm wondering, did nobody in the recording studio that day say out loud, guys, this sounds like this dude is taking a shit. I thought it was hysterical. So I immediately put it on my show on Y102 and it became the thing. Everybody wanted to hear it over and over. And of course I did it for the rest of the time I was there. Then I got with Brian, I introduced the dropping of the Yule log and that's exactly where it came from. I can't, I, how many, 42 years I have used the dropping of the Yule log. It has become synonymous with Mark and Brian, with me, with Christmas, and I paid $1 for it. That's gold. I'm thinking it paid for itself there. There's no question. So Dawn, <clears throat> I, look, one of the rules that I've always had when it came to stuff I did for the radio, I was trying to please one person, and that was me. If it makes me laugh, then it's on the air. Once Linda told me, Dawn, of your idea, of combining Amy's with, I spent the entire week on this. He did. He worked really hard on this. I haven't heard it. I probably, I probably redid this over ten times because I would hear where something could go, and then I'd redo it. So, Don, thank you. You gave me a week of fun. So, this is the first gift of Christmas 
this is probably the last time you're going to hear the dropping of the Yule log or Amy's out of the pool. And why not combine them? And with something so spectacular, the first gift of the year, the last time you're going to hear it, it deserves proper fanfare. Merry Christmas. No, no, I want to let you sit right under carbonation. Do you want to get rid of my Leroy? We're going to press on, and we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny. Okay. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Santa's coming in town. Oh, my God. It's Christmas Eve. It's the one night of the year when we all act a little nicer. Dentist? Someday. Right now, I'm just an elf. Christmas Eve is probably the most exciting night of the year for children everywhere. At our house, the ritual is always the same. Mom hurries dinner out of the way so that the festivities can begin. First, I lay a fire in the fireplace. I pride myself on the way I lay a fire. To begin, I crinkle newspaper to put under the grate. Then I put in the kindling, breaking the sticks into the proper lengths. <laughs> then I bring in the Yule log and put it in the grate. <laughs> mm. 
That's the biggest log we've ever had, Dad. Yeah, and the heaviest, too. Every little child has a smiling face Hoping Santa won't forget this year Yule log burning with a gentle glow Spreading out a light so that everyone will know It's Christmas and Santa Claus will soon be here Rudolph and the Flying through the twinkling starlight And back again for Christmas Day You love burning in the fireplace Every little child has a smiling face Knowing everything will be alright Cold and frosty night. <laughs> I love that's my favorite one, that little that was more than we could have ever have asked for. <laughs> uh, you would never think those two would go together, but Dawn. Dawn wanted to hear that, and boy, that was a lot of fun for me. So we'll probably play that again at some point next week. Oh, sure. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Dawn. It's all for you. Yes. Uh, and also a cool stories next week. All right. <clears throat> Here, let me play something that's Christmassy. I don't want to play that. I'll just play this. When it comes to holidays, get this. Okay, if you were if you were asked, what is your favorite holiday? What would you say? Um, I'm. It's a well. Now it's Christmas because of the grandbabies. But it used to be a toss-up between Halloween and Christmas. Number one. Thanksgiving, 80%. Thanksgiving is their favorite holiday, followed by Christmas, Jesus, Memorial Day, and then Mother's Day. Why? I, did, I don't know. Hmm. Halloween didn't even make the list. Halloween was beat out by Memorial Day. Yeah. Well, I mean, Halloween is not a holiday, per se. I mean, you don't get the day off. So... By the way, uh, if you ever uh, erect your own flagpole. Oh, wow. Yeah. If you ever erect your own flagpole, pole, pool. Uh, be careful where you buy your flag. Because I bought mine at, uh, well, a website that sells flags. Actually, I bought the flagpole there, too. And this company, and they're great, by the way. American-made, home-owned, home-operated, not corporate, but... And lied to you about the size that you need. They didn't lie. It's 30 fucking feet. It's not 100. It's not too big. It's perfect. It I belongs love it. in front of a school. I would appreciate if you shut up about it, because everybody on the lake is talking about my flagpole. 
I don't know that for a fact, but I'm pretty oh, sure I'm they sure are. I'm sure they're talking about it. Not in the way you're thinking. Here's the thing. The company I bought the flagpole and the flags from, every single day that there maybe could be a flag flying, they email me. Hey, you need to be flying your Halloween flag. Here, we have some of these for sale. Do they? Yes. Oh. <laughs> no. No. On my flagpole, the only flag that flies are eight by five, and that's it. Five by eight, whatever you call it. Three by five, it's a waste of my fucking well, time. Well, with that pole, I mean, it'd just be beat to shit in the wind. Um, some eagle-eyed TikTok users have noticed that the labels on the cans of cranberry sauce. Do you know where I'm going with this? Nope. The labels on the cans of cranberry sauce are always upside down. Yeah, because they say, it says on there, open other end. The rounded edge of the can is at the top of the label, which is confusing. There is a perfectly good explanation for it. It's science. Oh, because how it's molded into the can. I don't have a story to tell if you tell it. Oh, sorry. No, you're not. (laughs) The top of the can, which actually looks like the bottom, would you concur? Yeah. Contains an air bubble inside of it that helps to push the cranberry sauce out of the can when it's opened. Is that true? Yes. I thought it's a constant struggle to get the cranberry sauce out of the can. No, no, no. All you have to do is is take like a steak knife and just go a little bit around the inside of the can. You got to be careful that you don't cut up your cranberry sauce. And then once you get it, you know, to where it's not stuck to the side, all you have to do is just give it a good shake and it falls out. Well, I will tell you, it wouldn't be Thanksgiving. It wouldn't be Christmas if I weren't sitting there having my Christmas dinner or my Thanksgiving dinner with cranberry sauce that has the shape of a can. Yeah, ridges. Yeah, fuck that homemade shit. You have a, uh, you ask a question about what holiday dish would you avoid? I'm not eating no homemade cranberry sauce. I like mine straight out of the can. I don't know that I've ever had. Oh, we've been to places where they, you know, sell this fancy stuff with cranberries and oranges and. But what if it's good? Well, then that's up to you. Now, I don't know who started this, but I will say I've adopted it. Were you the first? Was it Katie? And what I'm talking about is you're taking your cranberry sauce that comes out of the can, you know, the one that's shaped like the can it came in, and we put it on top of the dressing. The stuffing. Oh, yes. And we we mash it in there. Yeah. I don't mash it in there. I just take a bite of each. Was it you, Katie? Who was it? I don't know. I I have no idea. Well, we're doing it. Yeah. It's quite good. Mm -hmm. There are some people I've had meals with people i can't remember it's actually it's one person who refuses everybody's got their thing they can't have any food on their plate that's touching the other food it all has to be separated it's their thing yeah so i think for them to put the cranberry sauce on the dressing would be just intolerable they couldn't do it but it's quite good, mm-hmm. you know. If you're, you know, if you're eating a, a, st- a stovetop dressing like we are, and yeah. cranberry sauce out of the can, yeah. And hey, don't make fun of it. That's lunch. Oh, I'm no. Listen, 
Listen, <laughs> I, I, I have to say this. The the dressing, that stovetop, it's damn good. Well, that's because you spruce it up. Because, you know, when the kids eat it, we can't put the celery and the onion in it. Mm. So Mark, you know, does the celery and the onion. And then instead of using water, we use chicken broth. See, that's the key. The, to, to, to do water. Look, there's a lot of spices in the, in the breading in that package. But why would you use water when you can have a nice thickening agent from that from that broth? Yeah, it just it's the it's the whole difference, and it makes it moist. So if you're if you're doing that with just water, go go chicken broth, stick it in there, good stuff, fix it up. Yesterday was a particularly good batch. Yeah, and I'm having it for lunch. You say yeah, perfect. What else? Whatever else we want. Pecan pie. We could, or we could have that for dinner again. Okay, all right, good. All right, I'm, I like you thinking on We that. could do, because we're not leaving the house today. It's Black Friday, people are out. We're not going anywhere. Well, you say it's Black Friday. It's also Brown Friday. What the fuck does that mean? The day after Thanksgiving is one of the busiest year days of the year for plumbers. Oh. It has been dubbed by plumbers Brown Friday. Mm-hmm. They're called more often on Brown Friday than any other Friday of the year. The cause for the call, the spike in calls, are clogs in the kitchen sink, toilets, and garbage disposals. Our plumber told us 60 to 70% of his calls are to unclog the garbage disposal pipes. Yeah, we don't put anything down our garbage disposals anymore. We'll, well put bits here and there, but no more chunks of food, no more eggshells, no more nothing. He worked for an hour to unclog our pipe, and he couldn't get it. And he kept going, kept going, and finally, I saw him. He had that big, long thing he was sticking down in the pipe, and, and he had it down in there, and he was jamming it around, and he goes, he smiled, and he goes, I got it. I don't know how he could feel, but he got a hold of it. He pulled that thing out, and there was feet of eggshells. Yeah, we don't we don't do anything like that anymore. Because look, the gar it's it's a great concept. The garbage disposal chews up the food real good, but that pipe is not meant for that much food to go down it. So you need to keep that in mind. Plumbers pay their rent. <laughs> off of you calling them to unclog your garbage disposal drain. Brown Friday. Guess what I'm doing this afternoon? What's that? I'm cleaning my dishwasher filter. I got out the manual, and I'm going to clean it up this afternoon. Now, I'll be honest with you. I could sit here and make fun of that, but it's going to be hard for me not to come up there and try to take that job over from you. I know. And, and I, and I'm going to leave you alone. That's what. That's why I got out the manual, so I will know how to do it, and I don't want to break anything. Because yeah. if you break something, then you can't use it. I don't think you can break anything. Okay. I think you're fine. It's very satisfying to do something that you usually have to call the man to do. Uh, this is something that they recommend you do to your dishwasher, um, you know, two or three times a year. 
So I'm going to do it and see. It, it, there won't be much in there because we rinse our dishes. But I'm going to do it. Um, well, doesn't everybody rinse their dishes before they put it in the dishwasher? No. Really? And now there's a commercial on about that those Cascade tablet thingies, which don't use those either, people. They will clog up your dishwasher drain. The plastic? Because the plastic does not dissolve all the way. So just use powdered dish detergent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's so convenient that little packet. Of course it is, but it it's it's, it's going to fuck up your dishwasher eventually. But yeah, with those they say don't rinse your dishes, and I'm like, oh no, I I have to. We've talked about this. I have to wash rinse my dishes. What time you doing that dishwasher cleaner? I don't know. I don't know. If it fits into my schedule, I might could pop up there. <laughs> Uh, what Thanksgiving side dish do you hate the most? I have three. Um, there, you know, since I am the one that cooks our Thanksgiving dinner, I don't make anything that I don't like. So there's nothing. You know, I just said that I don't like the homemade cranberry sauce. If you were at somebody's house. Well, for example, here they are three to one the dishes people don't like at the Thanksgiving table. Okay. Cranberry sauce. Okay. Number three, okay. cranberry sauce. Number two, I don't even know why it's a thing. I don't know why people make it. The only way that I can eat these if they're cooked. Actually, there's a restaurant I go to where I get a, a, a Chinese dish and it's got these in there and I eat those. They're quite good. But this is disgusting. Green bean casserole. Um, You know what? I thought I liked that until a couple of years ago I made it. And I just first did not like it and haven't thought about it since. God, what's in it other um, than green beans? Cream of mushroom and fried onions on the top. And it was just a big old salty mess. It sounds like it would work. And it just fucking does it. And you know what messes it up? The green beans. <laughs> I love green beans. Uh, number one, Linda's going to disagree. I think she loves these. Here we go. Number one, uh, Least favorite side dish on Thanksgiving, candied yams. I love candy yams. I know you do. Oh. Yep. Eric Clapton's old guitar has set an auction record. A 1964 Gibson SG guitar, once owned by Eric Clapton, sold at auction yesterday for $1.27 million. Now, once you get that guitar, do you play it? Or is it in a case and you hang it on the wall? Or do you put it in store? What do you do with that guitar? It's up to the owner. Okay. The owner can play it, display it, do both. They own it. But wow, $1.27 million for a guitar that was played by a guy, owned and played by a guy who's still alive. Right. Now, I did see... Uh, the hat of uh, Napoleon. Yeah. That sideways hat that he wore. He had several of them, but the actual hat that he wore sold for $2 million Wow. For the hat. Now, what the fuck? They got somebody going to wear that? Again, if you buy it, put it on. I mean, I, you, I would have to just to say that, you, you know, you did it. All right. What, we're going to be getting out of here pretty soon. Hang on. 
in an interview, Kiss, uh, for 20 years, they've been on the farewell tour. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It, it's gotten ridiculous. Um, and we learned that Kiss is wrapped. They're on the farewell tour now, they say. Uh, in an interview with 519 Magazine, Kiss says, Kiss is a universe of its own. Movies, merchandise, Broadway possibly. The band will end, but the Kiss experience is immortal. They say, and this is Gene, yeah. that there is probably going to be anywhere between four to ten different traveling shows. So you'll be able to be in Japan and have Japanese actors as Kiss. Musicians being us. And at the same time, you could go to Vegas, New York, London, and see Kiss, but it's not the original members, and it, it might be good. It's a Kiss show. If you need, Right. Kiss are down to the last 11 shows of their end-of-the-road tour. They stop in Winnipeg, Canada, and it concludes with two shows. Hear me now. Two shows at Madison Square Garden in New York the evenings of December 1st, next Friday, and December 2nd. Wow. They say that's it. I say bullshit. They're going to, they, they've done it and they've done it. There's going to be something else and they'll do it again. That place is going to be packed. Oh, but that's what they want. Yeah. Gene Simmons, and I love Gene is a master of business. Yeah. He knows how to build it up. And I don't know if I said this on this show. Paul Stanley, which he was on many times, sometimes by himself, sometimes with Gene. That man, whenever he would come in and I would be speaking to him, whether it was on the air or off the air, he would turn, he would listen to me, he made me feel like he was engaged in our conversation. Yeah. I saw a clip on YouTube a week ago. A kid was backstage and he was um, handicapped. Mm -hmm. And he was a big, big Kiss fan. And Paul was walking down the hallway and the handlers that were with the handicapped kid said, hey, Paul, can you say hey to Charlie? Paul came back, sat down, and talked to that kid for 30 minutes. How nice. And they told him that he sings just like Paul, and he started singing uh, one of the Kiss songs, and Paul was singing with him. Aww. See, I mean, you just, how do you not, I mean, that guy, and and he said this, and I concur. Look, Gene is the, is the business. Kiss is Kiss because of Paul Stanley. His heart is in it. He is the show. While, you know, while Gene's breathing fire and doing all that, which I, I'm Sticking not judging. his tongue out. I'm not, I'm not judging yeah. it. That's part of the show. Paul is carrying that show. So Paul Stanley, God love him. Have good shows, guys. Kiss. All right. I'm going to give you these real quick because uh, I've had them for a month. Uh, the top names for dogs for this year. Okay. Uh, you want male or female first? Let's do the males first. Males first. You want 10 to 1 or 1 to 10? 10 to 1. 10. And then I'll go up to 1. Yeah. Duke. Leo. Bear. 
Rocky, Teddy, top five. Teddy. All these names are so fucking cute. Top five. Buddy, Milo, Cooper, Max, number one, Charlie. You know, Cooper, I was thinking about for Walker. And I was shot down with that. Not with you, with the kids. They said no to Cooper. Yeah, they said no to Cooper. No, we don't like that. I like it fine. Yeah, so, but, you know, Walker's a walker. When, you know. Females. Number 10, Bailey. Stella. Sadie. Zoe. Lola. Number five, Lily. Lily. Lucy. Daisy. Number two, Bella. Number one, Luna. Luna. Yep. That's Matt and Lenny's talk. Yep. Loon Toot. All right, let's see if there's something else I got to do. Well, wait. Can you do the... You can find out exactly what your pet is thinking? Hang on. Ah, here we go. It's right here. Uh, You can do this (laughs) with a pet psychic. Oh, shit. Right. Most, excuse me. Most pet parents are connecting with their furry friends by hiring psychics who say that they can read the thoughts of your your dog and cat and any other beloved animal. Fuck that. People are paying $550 for a 90-minute session with... Good Lord. It's a pet psychic, Linda. Mm. With a pet psychic who can supposedly help with everything from choosing what foods to eat to the very serious topic of whether or not a pet would rather continue to live while ill or cross into the Rainbow Bridge. Mm. Linda, 550 bucks for no, 90... That's a, a, come on. Are you... Are you saying that you don't believe that they're real? I'm, that's definitely what I'm saying. Are you saying... And that, plus, I can pretty much figure out what Walker's thinking. Are you saying that they can't connect with the inner thinking and feeling of that animal and say it to the owner? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Good exactly. Boy. All right. Just go to the chicken and pause it because I've got a shit ton again. All right. Here we go. On 11-23, Corey from Ohio turned 55. On 11-25, which is tomorrow, Eric Metz from Missouri is turning 58. On 11-26, Tim Metz from South Carolina is turning 34. So I'm thinking that's a father-son deal, like you and Matt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, on 1127, Susie Fiala is turning 25. 1128, Penelope, I love that name, Ness is turning 54. 1129, David Garcia is turning 54. Carly Walters is turning 24. 1130, Debbie in Ontario is turning 60. Bill is turning 71. 
somebody older than you. Mm, good. Thank God. Not by much, though. And there's no need to add that. 1130. Matthew Thompson is turning how old, Mark? <laughs> He's 36 or seven. Seven. Oh, we have a 37 year old. Good Lord. Fuck your old. Um, on 12 one. Oh, no. I'm saying you. Oh, yeah. Way um, we're not going to do 12 one. That's next week. You're so fucking old. Okay. You have a 37 year old kid. I know it. And my baby's about to turn 31. Well, the concern is that you're really, really old and you don't look all that good. Some days <laughs> I don't. <laughs> all right, here we go. Happy birthday, everybody. <clears throat> all right. Next week will be the last Mark and Linda podcast. As we mentioned, it's time for us to get this done. So we will do that. Uh, we'll share with you a few last fond memories of the Mark and Linda podcast. And I will be doing what I believe will be the last cool stories in music. I mean, I could walk around the house and do them, but how fucking weird would that be? It's no good. I don't it's know. Just, Depends uh, on which one you're doing. Everybody go, enjoy yourselves. We are now officially into the Christmas season. Might want to get your shopping done. Uh, and if you need a flagpole or a flag, let me know. I've got Jesus a nice. Y'all have a good week. Bye, y'all. This is Katie from Katie's Corner. My mom loves to be titty fucked. Oh now, my God! Back to the Mark and Linda podcast. <laughs> okay, okay, that's it. Linda heard it, then covered her mouth because she heard herself say it. <laughs> Skeeter, how you doing? I thought that only screamed out in my head. I didn't know I screamed out loud. I'm sitting here thinking, oh, there's Katie. She left today. I love her. And then. <laughs> well, Katie asked me last night, she goes, when are you going to use those? Because if you're going to use them tomorrow, I want to listen to the podcast. So, Katie. You got the reaction you oh were hoping for. We could stop the show right now. I mean, everybody is cracked. We're not going to have a better moment than that one right there. We just stop now. We just go ahead and cut it off and just say thanks a lot. Oh. <laughs> uh.
sorry. 